0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the AfriWetu podcast, where we look to celebrate African history by telling our story. As you're aware, one of the things that is very important to AfriWetu is the importance of our very exciting, dope legends and their ancestors and how their stories inform us and inform our way of lives today. So today obviously it's a legends episode with a true legend from the rwandan kingdom which also means it is a guest narrator show and i'm very pleased to have in studio with me this gorgeous woman my friend and all-round lovely human olga yes so now a few things to say about olga She's from the shores of Uganda. The shores. (laughs) The shores. shores. Of the landlocked Uganda. Of the landlocked Uganda. I have known her since my childhood. She's also a very good friend to us and my sister and the family. My sister, you heard her tell the story of the Queen of Sheba. Um, So go and check it out. Hi, Hi, Noni. Hey, Noni. (laughs) Um, And Olga, also very importantly... Is part of the 159 crew, you know yourselves, um, who basically collectively pushed me to do this crazy thing called Afriwetu, so you can thank her later. Want to say hello to the people,
1: Olga? Hello, people. Hello, people. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to talk about this amazing queen. Yes. Do you want to give us a teaser?
0: Or do you just want people to... Uh,
1: Teaser? She she was a legend. (laughs) Will that do? (laughs) We'll get into it. That's a fair enough point.
0: Um, So before you talk about this wonderful legend, uh, I want to share a few facts about Rwanda, which, by the way, Olga and I looked at together so so as to put together this list. So Rwanda is a landlocked country and going clockwise to the north is Uganda. Then you come down to Tanzania, to Burundi, and then to the Democratic Republic of Congo. It is known as the land of a thousand hills and you have to go and visit to understand why that makes sense. It is also known as a land where you can see and interact with the amazing gorillas who, as I found out today as well, oscillate between Uganda and Rwanda. And as of this recording on this date, it has the most women in the world. In the world? In the world in Parliament. 56%. Sweden is a distant second at 45 percent, just to give you context. The capital city is Kigali. There are four official languages including Kinyarwanda and Swahili. It is one of the cleanest countries in Africa, probably the world, and the whole country stops and cleans and invests in community work in their neighborhood on what is called Uganda which is the last Saturday of each month and guess what if you don't participate what happens Olga what you get a, you could get a fine you could get a fine you gotta get up and work there you go and I think on that Olga I'm gonna hand over to you to talk about your amazing legend
1: I am going to be talking about the incredible Muhumza, one of our Rwandan legends. And I'm going to start by telling you who she is. So there have been many stories about our legendary Mwamkazi, the Rwandan Queen. Most know her as Queen Muhumza. A feared warrior queen leading the fight against the British and German colonialists and their African collaborators across what is Uganda and Rwanda today. But before we get ahead of ourselves let's go back to the beginning even before Muhumza becomes like who she was and gets onto the scene let's do a little bit of a segue for context. Mm-hmm. So way back, like way, way back in the 18th century, uh, in the 1700s to be precise, there was another queen. Her name was Nyabinji, who ruled in the region. Some say the Karagwe kingdom, others say Indorwa. She had the misfortune of marrying the wrong man. It happens, right? So this man was a special kind of wrong because he ended up killing his queen in order to get his hands on her land and her wealth. But that was not the end of our Nyabinji story, not at all. Uh, She's said to have been elevated to an ancestor and turned into a vengeful spirit, wreaking havoc and chaos on not just her devious husband, but also his co-conspirators. Her followers then formed the Nyabinji religion, and she's revered till this day. But even more importantly, and for our Muhumza, was a huge factor that saw her propelled to serious global fame. Afriwetu will have a separate uh, Legends episode on Yabinji and her impact over the ages later, uh, so keep tuning in, don't don't miss out on that. Let's go back to how it all began. The exact date of Muhumza's birth is not known. There is speculation that it was around 1870, But we do know that it must have been a noble birth. She was definitely named Musere Kande. We do not hear much about her until later when she gets married to the very famous warrior leader, Mwami Kigeri Rabujidi, the king of the Rwandan kingdom. She was one of this powerful Mwami's wives. He was prolific as not just a warrior king, but in growing and keeping the kingdom intact. Then in 1895, He died, and his chosen successor, Ruterindwa, left to rule. Ruterindwa's reign was prematurely cut when he was killed in the course of a succession plot to overthrow him by his stepmother, Omugabe Kazi Kanjojera. (laughs) And I will do my best with all these words. As you can see, uh, Kinyarwanda is definitely not uh, my... A language that I speak so bear with me here. Uh, So why? Why? Um, Because she wanted to install her young son Musinga as a and have her Abega clan take over from the ruling Nyabinji dynasty. So in all of this our our Musarikande had to flee. The succession war had turned into what is now the coup of Ruchoncho and it was bloody. She had no choice but to escape. Musere Kande, her son in Duguse, or Buleje, and her people fled to the mountains up north of the kingdom into the Ndorwa region, modern southwest Uganda. She, plus those from her noble house, took refuge in this region, but they were not very welcomed. Accompanying her was her son, and she also claimed to be the rightful heir to the Rwandan throne. But following the coup of Ruchunshu, her rival, Kanjojira, got the upper hand, and she and her brothers and male relatives took control and placed Misinga as Mwami. He took the prefix yuhi on ascension. So speaking of name changes, our Muserikhande also had a name change to Muhumza, which meant the one who brings peace, or she who brings rest from tyranny. Now Muhumza, being of royal and noble blood, fled into hostile territory. The people of this region, who were mainly ordinary citizens, had serious issues with royalty. So they had to find a way to get on the right side. And they did. So the Bachika community, people of the mountains, had a very special religion that they practiced. Actually, irony of ironies, it was a Nabinji religion that we heard of earlier. We shall come to the irony in a bit. So the religion and the practitioners were completely anti-royalty and saw them as oppressors. So all was not looking good at this moment. Muhumza knew of the Nyabinji from the opposing side, but now she was properly exposed to it, and deep in the heart of ardent followers, she was converted. So, becoming THE Nyabinji, this conversation proved to be the gateway or the lock to getting acceptance amongst the Bachiga. Our Muhumza then went a step further in her immersion into the religion, and in doing so, vastly increased her influence politically and spiritually, taking on the title of Bajirwa, or Mujirwa, a priestess, a step up in the hierarchy of the order. Within the order, they had the beliefs that those who were Nyabinji were spiritualists, who were able to commune with the spirits where others failed. And they were consulted on a whole range of issues, from crop failure to fertility, sickness and so on, in exchange for offerings. Muhumza's conversion was a very symbolic move considering the history of the order and the royal monarchy, who actually preferred the Riangombe order, which was more attuned to the military and nobility. In fact, the Nyabinji's core was the fight against what was considered oppression, and in this instance royalty were the oppressors. And here, Muhumza was embodying just that. It was also a strategic power move as her adoption of the Nyabinji gave her political legitimacy which she needed as she was in the process of raising an army of supporters to claim her son's throne, from whence they had been exiled as the rightful Muami of the Rwandan Kingdom. She looked to grow her influence and followers as she directly challenged the legitimacy of Muami Yuhi Musinga. And in this aspect, she succeeded. Let's talk about the Warrior Queen. Muhumza completed her conversion to the well-known warrior queen today, as followers now referred to her as a personification, reincarnation, or possessed by the ancient Queen Nyabienji's spirit. This also meant they believed she held supernatural abilities on top of the normal medium powers of the Nyabienji. This boosted her support exponentially, as under this banner, she then took on the mantle for all who were oppressed. Muhumza was a formidable woman, And through her intelligence and charismatic character, she was able to lead her supporters in their fight against their enemies, which expanded to the colonialists. Muami Yuhi Musinga and Umgabikazi Kanjojira had gotten their support of the colonialists to support his kingship, as well as that of their African allies. It meant that the fight was even more complicated for Muhumza. She was now to fight on three fronts and against foes who wanted to literally surround her. But our warrior queen was not phased, as she is said to have proclaimed, that she would drive out the Europeans, and that their bullets would turn into water against her. Such was her determination to win back her son's throne and drive out the invaders. Her cause garnered support from sympathetic civilizations and those who had had to flee. They joined her rebel army as they raided the collaborator African chiefs and became a big thorn in their sides, as well as that of the colonizers, as she was a threat to them. Her status was also elevated, literally speaking. So when she moved around, she was being carried on a platform supported by six strong young men and would only speak through a bark cloth screen. Then, because of supernatural power she was said to wield, she was rumored to be able to control anyone who came in contact with her. In 1908, the spell was broken. As the Germans arrested and imprisoned our Queen Muhumza, at Kamwezi, and then to Bukoba for her rebellion against the colonizers. By 1911, she was back out and at it, still putting up a valiant fight and opposition to them. But by this time, more had arrived. Now there was a concerted effort to suppress this freedom fighter, by both the British and the Germans as allies against her. In what is said to be her final act of war against the colonizers, Muhumza and her army fought against them in 1911, where a fierce battle raged after an ambush by the enemy. She was injured by a shot to her foot, and no less than 40 of her African men died on the battlefield that day. That was the last stand, as they lost. Muhumza was again captured, and this time there was no intention of allowing her to either escape or be released, as because of her understanding, of what the reality of colonialism was going to do to her people, her following, her intelligence and reputation, the threat she possessed was real. Muhumza was imprisoned in Uganda and sadly did not get to see her homeland again before she passed in 1944 or 1945. Muhumza's legacy is global. Let's start there. On her death, she joined the elite status of a martyr, an ancestor for her followers and supporters. Her fight against oppression inspired a generation of movements. For those who appreciate the Rastafarian movements, the term Nyabinji should sound familiar. Let's tell the other Afroetu. The then new and burgeoning religion was already in tune with East Africa, followers as they were of Emperor Haile Selassie and the fight against colonization. In the midst of all of this, the story of Nyabinji comes about, as does the meaning, and the term was then adopted to refer to the movement's gatherings. This then evolved to what we may now know as the word to describe the style of drumming and chanting, the traditional music of the oldest of the Rastafarian communities. To quote directly, in Jamaica, Nyabinji's rhythmic heartbeat is played by men on a trinity of drums. Thunder, a bass drum, also referred to as Pope Smasher or Vatican Basher. Funde, the middle drum, which maintains a dominant heartbeat and has the least improvisational role. and akate, or repeater, the smallest, highest-pitched drum that plays the most improvisational role as a carrier of spirit. We will share all the sources on our interwebs. So Nyabinji lives on in the best way possible. Music that harks to a deep call of black redemption and repatriation, of overcoming oppression and tyranny, a true reflection of the ancient and original queen of the same name, Armuhumza, and later Nyabinji's, as a sound of true African heartbeats, drums. Then closer to home, Muhumza's actions sparked a whole new wave of anti-colonial movements of the time, under the name of Nyabinji. This name or title was adopted by not just men, but later women, as a mantle of the cause. A few examples include Indochibiri, a priest who in 1915 launched an army of 2,000 men on the Anglo-Belgian post of Bufumbira. And again in 1917, plotted against the colonizers. But he and his people were ambushed and he was beheaded. With his remains sent to a museum in the UK, his two-fingered hand was put on display as proof of his defeat. Kagirwa, the priestess in 1917, led the Nyakashenyi assault, and despite a high price being placed on her head, she was never turned in by the people. The colonizers then attacked her camp in Congo, where African men who saw their end, were said to have defiantly broken their guns whilst cursing their enemies. She, however, managed to escape and was never captured. Ndungutse led his contingent in the 1928 rebellion against the colonizer army and the killing of collaborator African chiefs. They were unfortunately captured and this proved to be one of the last big pushes by the freedom fighters. Queen Muhumza was something else. Hers is a story that is one of key defining moments in East African history. Even her enemies had to concede that she was an extraordinary character as she fought three colonizer entities, the British, the Belgians, and the Germans, all at once, a real heroine. In fact, so scared they were of her influence and the political power of the resistance that in 1912, a law was enacted, the Witchcraft Act of 1912, or the Colonial Witchcraft Order of 1912, which outlawed practicing non-Orthodox beliefs, which obviously included the Nyabinji Order. To the African people, she's an inspiration and a great example of bravery, leadership, intelligence, and resistance to colonization, and is collaborators for the sake of her people. And for African women, a role model and yet another great African woman who reminds us of who we are. Muhumza was indeed a true legend.
0: Done. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Olga So also, before before we continue We need to say a very special thanks To Kishimaza, Kishimaza. Because, she, yeah, Kishimaza Who Olga and I both know Small world who, A Very small world Teeny tiny, Who actually tuned me into this particular legend story So mm-hmm. when I was doing the research for the Rwanda Kingdom Then she's like, by the way, dope ass legend Her name is And I was like, oh, wow And then when I was doing it I thought the only person who I'm going to get to do this story was going to be Olga. Number one, because you did it well, but number two, you can actually pronounce the words, right? I'm, I'm, I, 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 I tried.
1: Struggled. I, I tried. Struggled.
0: I tried. But before we get any further, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Kesha Maza for this. Thank you. Um, big kudos. Big, 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 big shout out. And to you, Olga, what was your best bit about this story, about her story, about our legend?
1: Well, firstly, I I had never heard of this incredible woman before you you contact me and asked me to, <laughs> to to participate in this. So uh, yeah, it was it, it is an incredible story. It's an incredible journey of like resistance yeah. of determination. Yeah, um, and I'm actually I'm I'm Ugandan. I'm from like this little pocket in the southwest of Uganda that actually where for my grandfather's farm you can see uganda rwanda and tanzania in one view so wow. as i read through her her story and her legend i just imagined like <sighs> you know the hills that i'm familiar with Okay, and i think about these things yeah when i
0: picked you i, I thought about these <laughs> things, but go on yes
1: <laughs> uh no incredible legend i i feel like i need to do more more digging and i'm excited to hear the rest of 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 the like the the stories that are to come through this yeah. podcast yeah and your expansion on the nyabinji religion um, yes. cause I've always been curious about like, what did our people practice prior to the religions that came our way? Like, what did we do? What were, and people often don't talk about that. So I'm excited for you to dig into it.
0: I, I will. I will. I mean, I was, I, I mean, I, I do, I do, I do love reggae mm. and I do. I'm, but I'm the typical, you know, very shallow reggae person right. who listens to Bob Marley type, you know, um, and didn't really understand that this is the influence all the way across yeah. the seas in Jamaica. Yeah. like there's a whole movement. Yeah. based on her, that is what blew me away. I was like,
1: wow, yeah,
0: that's, that's pretty dope. And I love that the name is still there, huh? right? It means she is still there. Then and by the way, thank you for saying it correctly because for me, I, I hope I'm saying it correctly. So I hope I'm saying it correctly. You said you went and did some research, and you had to ask your mum about ways in which to pronounce. The words correctly
1: yes and to my mom speaks from yankole so she may have given uh, me an, an ankole-sized version of it so <laughs> apologies to all the kinyarwanda speakers but um she just did she mentioned that she learned about this legend when she was younger and she was excited that i was gonna be, be speaking on her
0: but you see that's the thing the mm-hmm. fact is because i'm sure my mom as well will know the story but it's just sad that the rest of us don't mm. because we are all finding out these stories now. So I think it's so dope that actually whilst we have the chance, we should be asking them because there's so many stories. I remember when I was doing the research, especially when it when it came to Burundi, mm. which is what I which is which is coming up later on. And I'm reading all these things and this is these are very personal stories to me because this is also my my motherland and this is my mother's heritage. Mm. And, and, you know, people are just like, yeah, 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 I know that story. And mm. these are the older folk. And I'm like, oh, you didn't think to share? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps, maybe. Yeah. No, no, no. Why didn't you tell me about yeah. this woman? Because when you think about Mahumza, you're just like, this is, she's so dope. Mm. And as an African woman growing up in a very global world, mm. this woman had impact globally. Yeah. And we're talking about way back when, yeah during colonization mm-hmm. or other pre. And she was fighting. I think that's was... One well, of my best bits That she fought three mm. British, Belgian and Germans All at once Yeah As well as the African collaborators Yeah She <laughs> and Was a fourth. We, like she needs to have her own plane
1: She needs to have her own plane Her own plane <laughs> <laughs> Named
0: after Not her. even a statue But a Not plane It a statue It must fly no, it, must, it must fly Okay <laughs> Globally Around the world <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but now you're here, you want to
1: tell the Afriwatu a little bit more about yourself? Sure, I am Ugandan, currently living in Nairobi. Um, good friend of the host of this podcast for many, many years. I work in the social impact space and have for a while. Um, yeah, I I I, it, I work with people who are looking to create change. Um, that's the space I'm in, which I think is, simil- this is why we love her. Mm-hmm. This is similar to our host as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. What else? What else do you think people would want to know? Um, I don't know anything. You want to do? You, would you
0: like them to follow? Let's see the organization you work for.
1: Sure. Yeah. If you're familiar, if you're not familiar, or or, or if you are, it's called Change.org. Um, it's a petition site. Um, we've got over 500 million users around the world who use our tool as a um, a platform for creating the change they want to see in their communities which is pretty dope yeah so if there's something that you are frustrated about want to make change it's a great way to mobilize support and um, take that to decision makers and you know make a difference so change.org
0: nice Mm -hmm. nice so she just tries to change the world as well like literally we try I
1: feel like this is a song. We give give the ordinary person the tool to change their world. Change the world. Thank you
0: so much for coming. I know that Olga is one of the people who, when she was coming, she's like, she overthinks things. So what was happening, I was like, no, we're going to go in and have fun. If you mess (laughs) up, it's okay. We have an amazing producer (laughs) who makes us sound good all the time it'll be fine did you have fun
1: I had a I had a great time thank you so much for having you're me you're so welcome if you ever have a bloopers show I think that I'll, <laughs> I've given you quite a bit of content content for that <laughs> you know what that's a very
0: good point yeah. I think I'm going to get a bloopers show you need show. a bloopers show bloopers show that's yeah. loading 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 yes. um you are welcome back at any time thank which you which basically means that I'm going to find another script and then send it I to you I would love that kind of give her like a one week heads up and say hi would you like to come in to read this um that was it baby. that's it
1: yeah that's it that was great that, that was, was great. painless painless this was awesome. a lot of fun
0: awesome but thank you all for tuning in as well and until next time Mubare Kiwi. goodbye